All right. Welcome, everyone, to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 138 here. Altai, joined this week by the one, the only, the magnificent, the greatest. The magnificent. <laughs> What's other? I, I want to be called the illustrious. The illustrious. Right. The illustrious. What, what about you? Why do I get all the cool titles? What do you get? Uh, I'm, I'm the host, uh, uh, the presenter, I guess. I don't get a title. You know what I hate? Right. Hmm. Sorry, off track, totally off track. Whenever watching a presentation, often mm-hmm. on YouTube, right? Yeah. It's like Peter Thiel talking or whatever, right? The first yeah. 15 minutes is some no-name douchebag introducing the guy you're there to actually hear. I hate that. I hate that as well. It's, it's such a waste of time. I always skip that, that, yeah. that bullshit and get right to the, the content, right to the meat. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so yeah, that's it. Podcast, bada bing. Uh, let's get started with the weekly raid, huh? How's that? Sounds good. I'm. I. I was actually just raiding before we. Uh, before we got on here, it was of the pug group, and uh, it was a disaster. So it's hopefully oh, no. this. Uh, this weekly raid is a bit better. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So I asked the question: Are battle royale games a fad? And uh, despite their booming popularity, you know, PUBG's huge, Fortnite's huge, etc. Mm-hmm. We we did we did see a bit of a wobble in the engine. Uh, this this past 30 days. So first, let's talk about how big these games are. Oh, we got a sub, Canaris. Thank you so much. Right on time. Your love, fam. Uh, so yeah, so this 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 genre blew up last year, right? 2017 was the year of PUBG. Towards the end of the year, Fortnite kind of said, "Hey, we can do that too," and they got in. Mm-hmm. And uh, now Fortnite is actually bigger in in the West at least uh, than PUBG. But we saw a wobble, like I said, and that wobble came in the form of steam numbers so if you go to steam charts and you look at the last 30 days for PUBG, we got an 8.5 percent decline and that's due to ha- that's due to cheaters being banned mostly i'd say mm-hmm. they've banned over 1.5 million uh players that's pretty crazy that's that's huge and each each copy is what 30 bucks that's crazy yeah yeah mm-hmm. so Omar, i want to hear your take on it and then i can spiel a little more is this a fad I- or is this real I don't think it's a fad because even though you see that number of 8.5% whenever decline, the overall number of people playing Battle Royale games is, is going to be increasing, I think. I mean, uh, just the, tomorrow, they'll be launching the, the Paladins version of Battle Royale. Uh, the alpha version goes live tomorrow. I'm curious how popular that'll be. But if you look at the, the Fortnite numbers, uh, as you are well aware of, the numbers are going through the roof. Over 3 million concurrent players are playing Fortnite, and the game isn't even out in China yet. I mean, China is going to potentially double that size as well because so many gamers in China. Once you, and then if you combine Fortnite with with PUBG, it's, it's forget there's there's so many people playing these games. In fact, uh, I made a, I made a few predictions with some friends earlier, and I said uh, Fortnite could surpass League of Legends as the most popular uh, uh, video game in the world. Wow! And and just I, I think it's doable. The game just runs really well. Obviously, I think I, I don't like some of the design features of that game, but I, I just think it has the potential to be huge. Uh, the, the kids are all over it. I'm seeing memes all over it. I'm seeing that shit all over Reddit. It's every three over three million concurrent players is nothing to laugh at. I mean, the numbers as is, it's hard to compare because we don't know how many people play League every day. Uh, my estimate was I think ten million daily active users was a number that I believe was the most recent thing we got from League. They, they said hundred million monthly active users, but monthly active is not a good proxy for daily active or concurrent users. So numbers aren't that far. I think if if, if Fortnite doubles, it's already there. So it's 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 definitely within reach. Yeah, I mean, League has been at it for almost what. A decade now, right? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, the the beauty of Fortnite is it, it got this big without even being in Asia yet. Mm-hmm. And as we know, that's 
that's the biggest market, especially for free to play. And remember, Fortnite is free to play. You know, they can easily I can easily see tens of millions of Chinese people playing it. So it's definitely got mm -hmm. that potential. Oh, definitely. I mean, also three million, additional three million people playing, and a double from Fortnite doesn't seem like that ridiculous because it's not even out in Asia yet. But no. that's where the, that's where so many gamers are. There are probably there are more gamers in, in in China probably than America and Europe combined. And this game can get concurrent, and the, and the gaming culture I think is more um, prevalent in, in in places like Asia and South Korea and China. I think just uh, maybe we can look up some data on this, but I think there are video games are just more popular as a percent of the population. There are probably more hardcore gamers as a percentage of the population of China probably in America. I think the, the gaming culture there is more developed. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely true. Mm -hmm. and, it's still growing in America as well. I mean, that's nothing to laugh at either. People, new people are playing uh, uh, this game all the time. They're, they're releasing new uh, peak current user numbers all the time. I don't know if it was one person or a group of people, but whoever it was at Epic Games that decided to add the Battle Royale mode to uh, Fortnite. He deserves a raise. Not just a raise. They deserve a statue made of like gold in their honor. Okay? Like, <laughs> And, you know, despite being free-to-play, right, Fortnite is free-to-play, so I often hear the comparison that, oh, it's not fair to compare PUBG with Fortnite, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that sounds like a valid uh, thing to say, but when you look at the numbers of how much people are actually spending money in Fortnite, uh, Super Dead actually did a, has some estimates for this. Fortnite rakes in over $80 million a month. It's just one below wow. PUBG in terms of total revenue. All right, they're both in the top 10, most, you know, money mm -hmm. PC games. Uh, PUBG's one rank above it. That's it. So this is this serious. A little more data, actually. Riot Games in 2014 released uh, some exact figures, some interesting data. So now we get a better comparison of if this game can ever pass League or not, and we get some numbers here. In 2014, 67 million people were playing League every month. That number has jumped to 100, over, or about 100 million a month now. And they said more than 27 million people play at least one game of League every day back in 2014. Obviously, that number's higher now. And they actually released a, a concurrent number as well, a peak concurrent. The peak concurrent numbers in 2014 was 7.5 million. Wow. Concurrent. I mean, that's obviously a huge number. And you can, you can extrapolate that they went from 67 to 100 million. So that's like, a, looks like about a 30% increase. So that 30% applied to 7.5 million is going to give us like a, like 9 million. So if, if Fortnite can get 9 million concurrent users, it would be bigger than League of Legends. Obviously not there yet. It's got to be a triple now, not a double. But I think it's still doable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what uh, Also, let's not forget that Fortnite is still in early access whereas PUBG is now out of it and when Fortnite does leave early access this year their PVE mode will also be free to play now obviously mm -hmm. I doubt it'll be as big but that having that feature is, is just a plus right like, like if I want to play PUBG I, I can only basically play one game mode right it's, yeah. all, it's, it's competitive either solo or mm -hmm. team but having that PVE mode I think will attract a lot of casuals in a lot of casuals still to this day are not uh, comfortable playing competitively they preferred their mm -hmm. co-op experience, at least to get used to the game. And then if they mature, they can they can jump into competitive. Yeah. I mean, I, I do want to say that the, the genre itself is a fad the same way that the MOBA genre is a fad. Yes, you have amazing games like League, Dota, uh, Heroes of the Storm, and Smite. Like, these are some top-tier games that are still really popular, right? And those games basically dominate the market. And there's been so many bullshit MOBAs coming out that just all shut down very quickly. They just can't succeed. So many, like literally dozens. And I think we're going to see the same thing happen with... Uh, with um, with Battle Royale. Games like, uh, there's a free-to-play game. We, I know we, we actually played this game before, Last Man Standing, if you still remember, on, on Steam. It's, uh, it was a free-to-play Battle Royale, like it was like a poor man's PUBG, but like literally worse in every single way. It really had very little innovative aspects to it. It's made by Free Rain. It's got uh, relations with uh, Sergei Titov, the guy that everyone <laughs> hates from uh, War Z. 
But it was a really janky, lame Battle Royale game, and people played it because it's free to play. But with Fortnite now, nobody's going to play this garbage. But I think games like PUBG and Fortnite are going to dominate. And maybe, you know, there might be room for a, a third place uh, game, be a Battle Royale. But after that, those three will dominate the market. Next ones will all... You, you'll see lots of bullshit Battle Royale games coming out this year. In fact, there's there's a new game announced uh, just this week, actually. So you can find it for you. It was uh, Project X. It was a 400-player Battle Royale game. Wow. That, uh, it was called Project X. They got a new. They got a name now. It's called. It's called Mavericks. So we have four 400-player Battle Royale game. There's an article on uh, PC Gamer about it. I didn't put it up on MOS.com yet, though. But let me look that to you. But it's is it a fad? I mean, they want to capitalize on it, but they are saying they want some actual. Um, they want they want some actual MO elements. Not sure what that's going to actually mean though, because there's so little information on this right now. Actually, they're calling it thousand player, four hundred player battle royale game mode with a thousand players in different game mode, perhaps. But four hundred people in a single map seems pretty insane. You know, well, two things. One, uh, firstly, the comparison to MOBAs is apt because what I'm curious is will well, here's what I'm curious about: will it be a genre that we see you know new entries year after year, or will it go the MOBA route? So what happened with MOBAs is basically you have a duopoly, you know, League and Dota, mm-hmm. and then you have a couple mid tiers like. Hots, Smite, right? And Smite, yeah. But, those but but uh, it did not live up to the expectations of all the people pouring in. You know, like all mm-hmm. EA had a MOBA at one point. There was that uh, Infinity Crisis uh, yeah. MOBA. These all shut down. These Don't all went away. There's so many. There's been so many dead MOBAs. Yeah. So that's my real question. When I say fad, do I mean like, is this going to be everyone chasing and failing to catch up to these two, you know, PUBG and Fortnite? Or are we going to see maybe a more vibrant scene? We're like MMORPGs. We're like, there's lots and lots of companies making money. Lots of studios. Uh, no. Okay, you don't That's think not so? not going to happen. Okay. I don't think so. I think the, all the money is going to go towards maybe three companies, and the rest are going to be de- dead. I think, like, the thing about MOBAs, too, is MOBAs needed a high player base. A MOBA cannot survive without a thriving player base. The way an MMORPG can, there are so many games on Super Games that have, like, 10 people online, 15 players online concurrent, right? It's garbage. A very low player base, but it doesn't matter. Because the games, you can basically play an MMORPG as a single-player game. Explore the world, do the quests. Maybe like raid with a group of like three other people. That's fine. You could do that. You can't do that in MOBAs. You need to always have a, a vibrant player base to make sure matches are balanced. You can always find matches really quickly. It, 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 a MOBA simply cannot survive on a low player base. And I think with Battle Royale games, nobody wants to wait in a giant ass queue. With the, you know, if you, if you can't get like at least a thousand players concurrent with a Battle Royale game, forget it. You're dead in water because the queue times will be too long, if the, especially with the hundred player, two hundred player matches. And okay, here's a fun story. You talked about how that uh, Last Man Standing is dead, right? And mm-hmm. this game, let's be real, was kind of a throwaway game, even when it first came out, right? Yes. But the, but you have but you have real games, uh, like H1Z1, which was actually made by uh, the, at least the Battle Royale mode was actually made by Player Unknown himself. Mm-hmm. And this game was huge when it first came out. It, it, this game started the career of the biggest streamers out there, like uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Disrespect. He started with H1Z1, and this mm-hmm. game has been totally d- decimated by uh, PUBG. Uh, it's lost 90% of its player base since last July. So it's like what? Holy moly. Five, six, six to seven months. They went from hero to like literal zero. Like, uh, let's see if I can find some of their numbers here on Steam charts. But this game got clobbered. And it really shows there's really not room for more than one a game like this. Now, Fortnite is lucky. They're smart too. They, they, meant, they went the cartoon route, right? So they're not you know, having mm-hmm. direct friction with PUBG. But with, with those two, you know, you got the cartoon version and you got the realistic military one. Is there room for anything else? Uh, it's it's going to be tough. And going from 86,800 concurrent players average to 8,300, that is, oof. Uh, PUBG definitely won that war. I mean, both H1 and PUBG were kind of competing for the same realistic, gritty uh, battle royale genre market, whereas 
Fortnite is a little different. So at least they had that little different aspect working out for them. The cartoony graphics, the building, the third-person view. So, wow. H1 is donezo, though. Yeah. Totally donezo. I mean, look, this is amazing. They lost a third of their player base month after month after month after mm-hmm. month. Yikes. Rest in pepperoni, H1. Yeah. Uh, but, so um, it looks like we're on the same ahead. page, though. It's basically going to be these two games and maybe a couple mm-hmm. stragglers, and everyone else is going to bust. It seems like so hard to actually make a genre beyond that. Like, I don't know if we ever have like another genre where like, you know, FPS, where literally there's new games coming out for FPS every year, like or MMORPG or adventure. You know, like these are such broad genres. I don't think we're gonna have stuff like that, like new genres in that way. Perhaps like like Minecraft style or Roblox style. Like, yeah, that's one. That's sandboxy one. content would be its own like genre. Like, yeah, that's a thing. I think there'll be many games in that genre that'll succeed over the years. But Battle Royale is not broad enough for that. Hmm. All right, well, guys, uh, share your thoughts below on the state of the genre, not genre, slash fad. And More importantly, let's talk about cheating in Battle Royale, in, in Fortnite, rather, because I was mind-blown when you told this to me last night. Okay, so, as we all know, uh, PUBG's biggest problem is cheaters, okay, yeah. since inception. And uh, they've taken, they start, they're banning accounts, right? But they've been kind of slow to uh, address this issue, at least... The player base thinks they've been slow. And yeah. it's remarkable to me. Region lock China. I'll continue. Exactly. Yeah, they should do that, actually. All they got to do. But uh, the, the approach that Fortnite has taken is so radically different. And I thought it was extreme. But you know what? It's working. So at the end of the day, maybe they're right. And here's, here's what they're doing. If you, you know, cheat or write cheats or uh, for, um, for Fortnite, they will go after you under copyright law. Because you have to kind of reverse engineer the, um, the files and the server stuff to, like, actually cheat in a game. So what they do is they, they actually serve you papers. They take you to court if they catch you cheating. And they don't care if you're a kid. If you're a minor, it doesn't matter. They're going to serve you papers. They're going to go through the process and make you, you know, agree to terms to stop. And the, 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 how far they're going along with this is insane. If they can't find you, right, themselves, like if, let's say, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they will hire private investigators. And they've done this in Canada against, you know, Canadian players and in America against American players. They will hire private investigators to find out where you live so they can you know, serve you the court papers and take you to court and sue you. And uh, the beauty is if you're a minor uh, and you get served these papers, not only do you have to go to court, but your guardian does too. So could you imagine like if you're like some 15-year-old, like Omar and I used to be 15-year-olds playing Counter-Strike <laughs> and cheating, you know? Could you imagine a knock at the door by this private investigation team and they're like, okay, you, you have to appear, you've been summoned to court, and since you're a kid, your mom has to go too. Your mom would freak out. You would, you would never be able to... You would not be you allowed. Lose computer privileges forever. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. This actually, I am. I am actually really. I am so happy that this is a thing. God bless Epic Games, and I, I feel like if they put like a, a donation fund on their website for like going after cheaters, like the anti cheat, like completely optional, I would pitch in. People that are cheating in these games are fucking ruining games, and the fact that Epic Games has the balls to go after cheaters by literally, even if they're minors. Hunting them down, getting private investigators to serve them papers, and bring them to court. It really does come to. It's so insane, but they're actually doing it because they are breaking copyright laws to make those cheats. And I'm not sure where the law is broken when you're actually using the cheats, but I'm sure, you know, just just by, by threatening to sue you and actually suing you, even if you're innocent, right? Even if you're innocent, just showing up in court becomes a huge hassle. You're, uh, it costs you money as well, but it's doing such a good in the world, I think. Getting rid of these shitty cheaters is, is going to make the game a better place. And if people, and the thing is with this strategy, if they do this a lot early on and they, they, they kind of bring down the hammer, 
on a lot of people, and even at a great expense, if it costs a couple million dollars in the beginning, it will deter cheaters in the future. If you know, like, that's not the game to cheating. Go go cheat in PUBG. The worst that's going to happen is they'll ban your account. Go cheat in CSGO instead. Who cares, you know? If you, if you cheat in Epic Games uh, and Battle and Fortnite, you risk having to go to court and spend thousands defending yourself. So, I don't know. I, I, am, I am mega impressed with Epic Games. It, it is. You know what? When I, when I read this, I thought they were going too far, and it's it, it doesn't sit well with me, right? But you're right. If you can make an example out of a few people early and establish this as this is not the game to cheat in, you know, it, it, that can serve dividends for years to come for your for your game. Uh, mm-hmm. And I should note, guys, that this is a civil issue. So you can't go to jail. You know, they show yeah. up to your house. This is not a jail thing. This is not like a criminal thing. Uh, it's more of like a, a scare tactic. And I'll, I'll tell you guys a good story. When Omar and I were young, we used to pirate stuff all the time. And we still do. But now we use uh, VPNs. But in the past, we didn't know what that was, right? So we would just pirate shit. And we got letters in the mail. Uh, And I guess we were lucky that our dad didn't really care. He's like, ah, my kids know how the internet works. I don't care about these letters. But we had a friend who got one of these letters. Like, you know, you pirated on this day. If you don't stop, you know, it's a a violation of these these rules. And our friend freaked out. He ran to our house. He lived nearby. And he was like, he was in a a state of panic. Like, am I going to get sued? My mom can't find out. Ah, I'm going to get in so much trouble. And we're like, dude, don't worry about it. They're not going to sue you. It's just to scare you, you know? Just just use a a VPN next time. Relax. But he was so freaked out. And I think this will have the same effect. You know, they're not going to actually go after you for, like, money or jail time or anything. But the the freak out nature and, you know, just people being scared by those letters is going to stop the cheating a lot. I think one of the cases he settled for fifth for five thousand dollars with the cheater. So there are uh, some numbers on previous settlements. So yeah. they're pretty crazy. And this is that that's an important thing. This is not a one off, two off. We just hear about the times in the interesting cases with the PIs and the and the miners. But they they go after these cases hardcore and they've settled many, many of them. Again, I, I, I have so much respect for what they're doing. Uh, so much respect. Because it doesn't matter if if this if this happens to you, you're gonna sell it right away. You don't you don't want to deal with this bullshit, especially if you know you were cheating. If you know you're guilty, do you know you don't want to bring this to court and drag it out. And it, again, like my brother said, it's it's not a criminal issue. You're not going to jail. You're not going to prison for this. You could pay a fine at worst, but it will deter cheaters. And I yeah. think you, I feel like you need to do stuff like this to stop cheating because FPS games especially have been hotbeds for cheating. Whether it's CS:GO, there was a study I think on somebody did like a a study on Reddit to see how many people were cheating in like the highest levels of CS:GO. It, it's through the roof. Like more people cheat than you think in shooters because it's i feel like that's the most prevalent case of cheating in games it's always gonna be fps games because the cheats are kind of easier to write they're all they're all client side and they're like aim bots all entirely client side on your end whereas cheating in more rpg is much more difficult you can always bot but you can't like duplicate gold because that's all server side so i think they have to do this and, and i'm i'm mega impressed with them so i have a question for you I, I think i remember we discussed this months ago where um in korea it actually became a criminal offense to to cheat uh, so would you take? Would you go a step further than Epic here, and actually uh, make it a make it a criminal offense? Yes. Really. I think I I think it'd be, it would be it would create a better outcome for everyone. Oh, Mr. Be, Fester, thank you, thank you. Oh, much appreciate, Mr. Fester. But think of it. I mean, I, it's it is kind of silly, right? In its in its in its face, cheating an online game can land you in prison, right? It's a very silly motion notion. Mm-hmm. However, I think the vast majority of people playing video games, like ninety nine percent, right? Would just would just be better off. Like it's a win for ninety nine percent, a lose for one percent, and then one percent doesn't have to cheat. Like it's not like you're uh, you're starving on the street and you got to steal some bread, right? No, you you're playing a video game and you're going out of your way to, to cheat and ruin other people's experience. Frankly, I don't care about that one <clears> percent. 
Uh, make that one percent as miserable as possible. Put it behind bar. Put, well, put it behind bars. Doesn't matter to me. All right. Oh my god. If they have ruined the experience for everyone else, I, I think it's a net positive that if society punishes them. No, I think <laughs> I think it's too far. I think it's just too far. It's too. I mean, how about this then? If you're walking down the street and you like yell an obscenity at like a grandma, yeah. right? That's yeah. a mean. That's a bad thing to do. It's a social. It's an yeah. antisocial thing, yeah. and society should punish you in some way. Um, you know, but but the, the, that punishment doesn't have to be criminal like, they don't have to lock you up yeah, for yeah, that. i agree and but i think the thing is in western countries where we're from we value free speech so we, we tolerate things like that you know and, and maybe in a place like singapore maybe that, that won't be tolerated maybe i end up in jail in singapore if you say stupid shit like that or in more authoritarian countries isn't hacking or, or altering the server code of a form of free speech no why no the, murder for free speech no murder isn't because you're why because you're that person is no longer alive. How is that the yeah, same? I was, I was I was advocating my. It was it was it was a statement. I was making a political message. Right? What? Clearly, I don't know. You could stretch anything to be. Well, you, to, you try to stretch the. To be fair, I don't think. Is that free speech? Why? Why? How is that free speech? It's antisocial behavior with no real like harm, like no victim. There, 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 there is. There are victims. You, what, what is the victim? Nine of the, whoever you're playing with, you ruin their you ruin their experience. My, I'm not ruining their well if, if if somebody makes if someone insults you on your way home from work on a bus stop it kind of it, it kind of ruins your experience of that yeah I, 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 obviously it does i agree like but, i said but, but you wouldn't like that society, guy yeah i know because in western society we value free speech over uh you know it because it, 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 it actually is speech versus cheating on game is not speech doing anti-social behavior is not speech is that any form of protest? It's just you just being an oh, asshole. Speech doesn't have to be protest. All right, I, I, I guess we we're on different. I think it's a I think it's a dangerous precedent to uh to lock people up for for cheating in, in a video game. Hypothetically, let's say it works though. Let's say uh, South Korea they did this and 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 they find out years later that this is actually it reduced the nine nine percent cheating went down. They poll gamers right mm-hmm. and they all say they're happier. Like the average aggregate uh, rating. Self, you know, on a quiz, they all say they're happier. They're living better lives because of uh, there's no more cheating in their games. Now, they ask Altai, is, was it a good policy or a bad policy? Bad. Because you, you can make the same argument for just, like I said, just banning insults on the street. And then they poll people 10 years later, and all the grandmas are happy because the punks aren't calling, you know, making fun of them. They're not, they're not doing that anyway. That's, not, that's a non-issue. And no, it's not a non-issue. It happens. No, no, it doesn't. People don't go on the street to yell at grandmas. Hold up, hold up. happen. Omar and I were walking down the strip, strip in uh, Las Vegas, right? And this guy mm-hmm. slapped Omar's ass. Do you remember that? Yeah. Now that's, I remember that. Okay. I mean, you kind of laughed. I, 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 I took it as a compliment, all right? Okay. You took it as a compliment. <laughs> a guy actually slapped my ass while walking in public. So Omar's a good-looking guy, guys. This is proof. This is all the proof you need. That's a proof. But you could see how this could be a form of a harassment or trauma to, like, someone, right? Yeah. So we, we could ban... It might actually, it might already be banned. I'm not even sure. It probably already is a crime, by the way, to, 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 to physically slap people in the ass on the street. All right, that that probably is already a crime. Sure, but it, but okay, I think what I'm trying to say is I would put things like cheating in a video game in the same category, antisocial behavior, right? As you know, the dog whistle or slapping or like insulting people. This is kind of the same grouping of it's serious, well, it's bad. It's not the same as cheating in an online video game. One is like physical. One well, is uh. Let's say let's say they didn't slap you, but they said, "Hey, hey, hey, you know, hey, hunky, hey, hunky, sexy. yeah, hunky, hey, hunky, hunky, hunky. want to suck my d? Like, no, no, yeah, sure, you can say whatever he wants. Okay, All right. anyway, it's antisocial. Just, like, just, just hold on, just like you can you can make your free speech argument if you want to say in a, in a game like Overwatch, in a Final Fantasy, World of Warcraft, where you you're allowed to you know you can say some mean things, right? That's a better analogy. If you, you know the free speech, in, you can exercise your right to communicate in those games however you want, and you, maybe criminalizing, let's say criminalizing that 
would be silly, I think, because that, that literally is free speech. I want to communicate by putting bullets through the wall into your head in Overwatch. That's how I communicate. I, I choose to communicate that way. But that, that goes back to my nonsense argument that I want to murder you for no, no, free no, no. speech. If you murder someone, you're hurting them. Like, what? We mean, what? Yeah. Uh, your, 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 your analogy makes no sense. Because yeah, the better analogy is, again, is, is, is exercising speech in Overwatch by talking or, or yelling or doing whatever you want. And make, that, that, that'd be silly to criminalize that. Okay, I think we just, I'm, we're putting these in different categories. That's a problem. So ultimately, I think since Overwatch or any game is entertainment, the things, the interactions in that yeah. world are fundamentally cannot hurt anyone. So they're, they're kind of like insults, right? Whereas, I, I, I don't understand, though. You, you, um, you would... Even a hypothetical scenario where if they make if they criminalize cheating, it actually works. Nobody cheats anymore. Yeah. Literally everyone's experience, except maybe like 0.01 percent people that cheat, like got enhanced. In fact, even a lot of the cheaters will be, probably be happier because I feel like a lot of cheaters they kind of end up cheating because they die to cheaters and they get pissed off at cheaters, right? And they get like, "Fuck! If I can't beat them, I'm gonna join them." I feel like that's a lot. I feel like a good percentage of cheaters end up cheating because of that reason. They're pissed off. The other cheaters are fucking ruining their day. That they they end up doing the same thing. If you even of the cheaters, I say most will be happier that way if it results in less people cheating. So very few people that want to go out of their way to actually like sit there and ruin people's games and just like troll people. There are people out there that, that do that, but not that many. So at, at, the, at their expense, if you can just make the gaming world a better place, you wouldn't do it. Let's say you wouldn't press a button and make that happen. The year is 2100. The setting, a boy playing Overwatch 16 in his bedroom. Suddenly, there's a knock at the door. SWAT, open up. Bam, the door gets knocked down. 12 guys with guns rush in. They shoot the poodle because that's what they do. And then, then they, they, they throw you to the wall on the ground. And they say, what, sir, what, what'd I do? What'd I do? Uh, you, you, you TK'd in PUBG, breaking the t you know, you, rules of service. You, you're under arrest. You will be you know, re-educated for 12 years in the camp and you get dragged out. That's, that's the world you want to create, right? No, look, there are, there are some nuances here, okay? And you, if you take to the extreme, obviously, it looks it's pretty bad. I, I don't think just TOS violations in and of themselves should be, uh, you know, such a negative thing. I, you know, cheating is, I think, a particularly um, extreme example of breaking the TOS, and, and it really can ruin the game for other people. Whereas just talking shit or team killing, by accident, by the team way... Team killing like, can ruin the game as much as cheating. Are you kidding? Imagine every time we spawn in Counter-Strike, I just literally turn around and kill all four people. Every, sure. 12 times in a row. That's, that, that's just as bad as cheating. I don't think it's as bad because you're not what? introducing outside elements of the game. I'm right. ruining the experience the, the, just as much. The whole point of cheating is that you are actually introducing outside elements of the game rather than just within the game itself. Yeah, I think they should just ban you for that. Not, uh, and no point, no point should that be criminalized. And I, I'm not sold on the fact that um, criminalizing it is, is a solution either. I'm saying if the results of criminalizing cheating ends up being that it's a vastly positive and it goes like almost nobody cheats and people are just generally happier then it's then it's a win the then ends then, yeah, justify the means huh uh usually yes and i think for anyone who seriously considers that question they will all agree that yes it does the ends almost always justify the means so one more question before me we move on uh why do you like hitler <laughs> i'm just all right let's move on <laughs> I, I feel like that might be a little bit of a loaded question there <laughs> I know, I, I know you're very firmly pro cheating, but like, I, I, I just see it indefensible. Like those, those, those guys that are just, like, why, why defend these people? The cost of freedom, baby. <laughs> freedom is not exactly. freedom ain't free. All this things done a crusade for freedom over here. Yeah, that's me. Uh, I think, I think that they should, Epic Games is doing God's work. God bless Epic Games. All right. All right, let's move on to I think the one of the most controversial bits of news and happenings this week more than this the, no more uh maybe not more than that actually but like it's 
It's actually really silly. I, I, my mind is blown at this time. This is a case of like really, really bad decisions and just absolute um, retardation. I know that's not a PC word these days, but I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna use it. Retardation. So Blackthorns Online this week sparked a bit of a pay-to-win controversy with the addition of an item called the Blessing of Kamasliv. I, I am certain I am pronouncing that word incorrectly every time. How do you pronounce Kamaslivi or Kamaslivia, Kamasleve? Kamaslivia, Kamaslive. All right, if you're French. Kamaslive. I'm pronouncing it horribly wrong every time. But basically, what happened was about a year ago. Uh, maybe you want to show the interview. It might be worth listening to, actually, because I linked to the timestamp in the interview, the exact timestamp where this happens. Okay, let's put it on. All right, let's, let's, let's listen to it and uh, make sure everyone else can hear it, too, and I'll be quiet for about a minute. Okay, let me just double-check my audio levels. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Oh, we didn't check our audio levels this time, but we'll see how it goes. I've looked at the cash shop briefly. I, I have an entire community that is dissecting the living crap out of Black Desert right now. And other than the costume prices being high, which they, you know, a lot of people, I do feel they're a little high right now, but other than the costume pieces being high, it seems like you guys are doing a really good job of avoiding that whole pay to win thing. And I remember, I, th I, I believe I read a post, I don't know if, if it was from you or another representative of, 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 you know, the NA version. You guys are very familiar with other MMOs and they will, re they will remain unnamed and how they treaded that slippery slope and eventually unfortunately went the way of pay to win how strong are you guys against that and, and, and if, if there's anything you can share on some of the measures that you've taken thus far to change the game uh to, to make sure that we we don't experience that uh please feel free would love to would love to to know it actually i can give some pretty solid examples that people that have followed the other regions they've already seen it and i'll gladly share it with everyone here so if you look at the cash shop right now under the loyalty section there is an item it's called the blessing of camasylvia this gives you increased energy regeneration and it gives you a 20 percent loot buff i believe it's 24 hours long this is a market item that is available for purchase in the korean region you can buy it you can sell it on the auction house. It's a pretty significant buff. We're talking 20% loot gain. That's, that's pretty big. Instead of having that available directly via the cash shop where you can spend some money and have that kind of buff, we've moved it over to the loyalty section. And the way loyalty works is every day whenever you log in, you're going to receive 100 loyalty points. This means you don't need to pay, etc. If you play the game, you'll eventually get that buff, and it's bound to you. Even at that stage, you can't sell it. That that That's one example. There's another item that was originally... Okay, so that's the main point, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't hear you right now. What happened? Alright, alright. Okay. That, that, that was basically it. Okay. So the main point there is that uh, essentially they add this item to the game called the Blessing of Chemist Live. And they specifically said in the in the interview that this item was uh they're talking about pay to win in different regions of Black Desert because the Western version is actually buy to play, the Korean version and other regions are free to play. So the community manager for Kakao Games basically said that in order to make the Western version not pay to win, which is what the interviewer was asking about pay to win, he said we actually moved this item from the game's cash shop to the loyalty rewards section. So you can't buy it with money because they figured that buying it with money would make it pay to win, and people don't like pay to win. Right, so you can get the, you can get it for in the game for free by playing and logging in every day. And once you get it, they actually made it so you can't transfer it either because it was bound to you. You couldn't sell it in the auction house because they figured this item was 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 too powerful. And what happened just this last week was they're like, wait a minute, 
uh, we're going to do a full 180 on this one and release this item in the cash shop. So the, the item that they said they took out of the cash shop for being too uh, too strong, they put back in for money, which is unbelievably stupid of them. Because if they wanted to go sell pay-to-win items, which I'm sure they want to do, right? If they want to do this and they want, they want to go this route, just name it something different. Don't name it the one item you actually specifically removed for this reason. Just call it something else. Make the buff something different. Sell pay-to-win. This is like the most stupid way to do this. It just proves to me that they're they're not thinking about this. They they give no fucks and they're willing to just kind of just rub the rub the shit all over their players' faces. They they have no respect for their players. Uh, the way I saw it is at this point, you know, Black Desert's been out for like what a year, two years, right? Almost two years mm -hmm. probably. Why don't they just make it free to play? Yeah, if if they made the game free to play as well, this wouldn't be that big of a deal. Like exactly. I, I get it, the the pay-to-win argument is still there, right? Mm -hmm. But. The reality is when you're talking free-to-play versus buy-to-play versus subscription, you know, in the sub subscription game, people aren't willing to tolerate any pay-to-win, basically. There's almost, there's very little pay-to-win, even pay-for-convenience stuff in, in subscription games like WoW and Final Fantasy XIV and EVE Online, right? But in a, in a free-to-play game, people are more tolerant of, of some elements of pay-to-win. And maybe you can't go too far, but I think you can get away with stuff like this in Black Desert if the game was free-to-play. But the fact that it costs money... And specifically that they said that they got rid of this because it was, it was you know, it was considered pay-to-win... It just insane. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they should have. I think. I think this game will go free to play sooner rather than later. It's mm -hmm. only. It's. It's usually ten bucks, but it's often on sale for less, like five bucks. Mm -hmm. And um, as the guy in that video said, uh, the things in the cash shop are not cheap in Black Desert. If you buy one yeah. outfit, you know, if you buy like those pets that you need to loot, uh, to auto loot for you, if you buy this stuff, it, you're gonna. Sp it's more than ten bucks. Mm -hmm. So. Your, your first purchase in the cash shop will be over like 10 bucks probably in BDO. So there's no reason for them not to go free to play. Uh, besides someone in the chat did mention there might be a botting problem. But, you know, they, they should just have more moderation to ban those people. But who knows? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, this game needs to be free to play. This is, this is despite being buy to play, since day one, I felt Black Desert was, was uh, structured as a free to play game. The cash shop is, you know, super paid for convenience, you know, super necessary stuff for any kind of mm -hmm. player who's Who's serious? And, and here, here lies, I think, a big problem. I think between uh, buy to play and free to play, because very often buy to play games, they simply don't generate enough money from their from their initial purchase to make to make sure the game remains entirely uh, not pay to win. Like yeah. Black Desert, a lot of people bought Black Desert, Black Desert for five to ten dollars, and yeah, they made a lot of money off that. But the developers are thinking, we gotta make some more money because if if, if, if I get a player that only spends five dollars and nothing else. That's not a lot of money for the developer. And maybe they should charge more. Maybe they should charge 25 bucks and kept it at that price and then not introduce any of these uh, pay-to-win bullshit elements. You know, they could have done that route. But when you're selling a game for five bucks, you know, you're going to be dabbling in the free-to-play uh, pay-to-win nonsense arena as well. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised the game has been buy-to-play this long. It's, it's due to go free-to-play. They got to do it. Why did they just... Why this item? Why, how could they be this uh, obtuse? In the, in the words from uh, Shawshank Redemption, how, how could they be this ridiculous? The item that their community manager explicitly said that they moved out of the cash shop, they're putting back in. Just release something else. Well, I got, a, else. I got a little bit of a conspiracy theory for this. Ready? Oh, I, I love conspiracy theories. Let's hear it. So the developer, Pearl Abyss, went mm -hmm. public recently. Yeah. So now they got to they gotta meet those quarterly Wall Street or Gangnam Street, whatever the... Financial yeah, career. Yeah. Yeah, gang, they got to meet those Gangnam Street numbers, all right? Uh, mm -hmm. So they're being pushed hard. Hit those numbers, all right? That's what Maybe. I mean, as their earnings reports come out, we'll see how they do. But I mean, the game has been doing really well, actually. I mean, on the Gangnam Street uh, 
uh, topic actually. Their stock has more than doubled, I think, since they went since they IPO'd. So Black Desert is, is bringing in the moolah still. Uh, thanks to, again, North America, actually. Black Desert was one of those games that actually was way more successful in America and Europe than its home market of South Korea. I know they broke out their numbers, and we talked about it in previous podcasts, but over, I think over half their revenue comes from the Western markets, whereas almost any other Korean MRPG, basically North America and Europe are basically uh, around the errors for them. Uh, like Maple Story yeah. is nothing. You're yeah, a joke. Like Maple Story is probably the most popular next time game in America by far, but it's a joke. It makes no money in America. It, almost all the money from Maple Story comes from South Korea and China. And I can't think of any other Korean game yeah. that's like mega, mega successful here. Maybe Terra did better in America than, than Asia, but that was relatively small compared to how big I think BDO and yeah. yeah. If you look at like NCSoft, uh, Nexon, Netmarble, it's like ninety over ninety percent in East Asia, uh, versus yeah. you know like less than like five percent in like North America and uh, Europe. And uh, what's uh, RG Tab saying in the chat on the Reddit thread discussing the item, there were people defending the item and saying that they requested cacao. Add, add to the cash shop. Yeah, maybe like maybe a couple guys requested it, but like it just seems I can't imagine. I think if you pull players on this, it's pretty obvious that almost everyone's gonna say we don't want this in the game. Like it'd be like ninety nine percent to one. So people, some people are willing to pay money for those advantages and conveniences, but I think most people realize that it's kind of unfair, fundamentally unfair. But it's the game's gotta go free to play. I think that's the only alternative here. Yeah. I, I can't imagine they're making much money off the off the retail purchase anymore. I think Black Desert is still is a good game overall. But I think a lot of people are upset with cacao games. People are saying they're ruining the game. But th- th- that's weird because usually when you say the game is being ruined by the, the publisher, like, you look to another another publisher that's publishing the same game doing a good job. If you look at the Korean version of, uh, of BDO, it's, it has the same pay-to-win stuff. In fact, the American version probably is still a little bit less pay-to-win because they still make up some of that revenue with the with their box sales. So uh, I, I know players want the game to not be pay-to-win, but I think really the only way that I've seen... Uh, for an MMORPG to have no pay-to-win is to be a subscription. Otherwise, you have to be okay with some level of pay-to-win. It just seems like that's reality today. I can't. Can you think of an MMORPG off the top of your head that's not pay-to-win, that's free-to-play? At, at least to some degree. Like, MapleStory has always had pay for double XP, pay for teleportation. I got one. For all mega I got one, got? and it's a good transition. Ready? Path of Exile. Ooh. You're right. <laughs> that's, probably the, that's probably the only one. Yeah. And, and I'm it, everything else I've played. And even that maybe is Terra to a degree. Maybe I don't know about. I'm not familiar with how Terra. Maybe when I don't. I don't know because I played it during. Yeah, I've played just, in a long time. Yeah, I haven't played in so long. Um, but Path of Exile, guys. In uh, about ten days, uh, the new league is going to come out, and this one is going to copy a little bit from Pokemon and Monster Hunter. It's called the Bestiality Bestiary League. Uh, were you about to say Bestiality? The Bestiality uh, League. I, I, you were about I, to say it. You were about to say it. I was. So I'll play the trailer here. Basically, monster monster uh, collecting. So any of the monsters you see, uh, uh, the beasts you see in the world, not the monsters, you'll be able to capture. Um, call, and you can fill out your Pokédex. You can even take them back to your little instanced, uh, persistent, like little uh, housing area. And they call it the Menagerie. It's basically a zoo. Ooh. And you can kind of show off your little captured creatures. Then you can sacrifice them to upgrade your gear. Uh so that's pretty cool. It's, and what impresses me here is the pace of development that this game is uh, still undergoing, despite being now years old, like half a decade old. Mm-hmm. We're getting huge. Every three months there's a new league. That's how the game is structured. And pretty much we've, we've seen huge improvements in this game year after year. And they actually mm-hmm. re- re- released a stat about um, hours played. So in 2016, they had less than 200 million total hours played by all players. Mm-hmm. In 2017, it was over 400 million. 
So the game wow. more than doubled in uh in both player base and uh I guess investment of time that players put into the game. So this is and and I don't, a lot of people I know they tried this game when it first came out like over you know years and years ago, uh, and they were put off by the graphics. All I gotta say to those people is they've upgraded the graphics a lot uh, in 2017. It, it runs a lot smoother. It looks a lot better. And if you have like you know a 2K monitor, high FPS monitor, it will look good now compared to like four, you know four or five years ago. Uh, beyond these changes, you want to talk quickly about the game's cash shop? Yeah, yeah. So the cash shop in Path of Exile has basically two categories of things you can buy. One is pure cosmetics, like cosmetic pets to follow you around, cosmetic outfits. And the other is uh, stash tabs. So if you guys have played Diablo-style games in the past, uh, you have a stash that you share with your account and all your characters. And everyone gets, I think, four or three or four tabs, giant inventory screens, so they can put their shit in. And you have to buy extras for money. The only way to the only way to get more stash tabs is to buy them. Or alternatively, you can do what everyone did back in Diablo 2 and make new new accounts because the game is free to play. You could theoretically, if you don't want to pay, you could theoretically make like six accounts and then just trade between them, kind of like mm-hmm. we used to do back in the old day. You know, you guys remember Diablo 2? You you go to an empty room, you drop shit on the ground, right? Then you log in with your other character, pick it up and put it in their stash. Yep. So you could still do that. You can make a private lobby uh, with one computer. You have two versions of the game running. You can multi-box this game. I've done it. And you could literally just trade that way. But for convenience, you can just pay a few bucks and get a few stash tabs. Uh, yeah. So it's pure convenience. No pay to win. You don't even need those tabs because unless you're a hoarder. The only reason to have lots of tabs in this game is the hoarder instinct. Most of the shit you put in your tab is kind of useless anyway. But you, you like collecting shit, you know? Mega respect to Path of Exile for, for going this route, you know? You'd think by now maybe they would experiment with some pay to win stuff. But no, they're, they've been really holding to their principles. And obviously they can make a lot more money if they sold some pay for convenience stuff, but they're really holding the line and holding their dignity. And I think people like you have a lot of respect for it too. A lot of respect for this. And I, I do want to comment on this actual, this update. I think in MMORPGs especially, the idea of pet collecting, any kind of collection is, is genius. Because I think in and of itself, it's kind of a lame idea and it really doesn't do too much, but within the within the MMORPG, it gives players more things to do. Like if you've ever done pet battling in World of Warcraft, or maybe just collecting it, or, or even mount, like things like pet battling in World of Warcraft, or just gathering every mount in World of Warcraft. Some of them have such insanely low drop rates. Final Fantasy XIV as well, and minion gathering, and doing those achievements. Like these little things, I think really do a lot to enhance the the overall experience of an MMORPG. And I think Path of Exile is really smart to be adding this now. It'll help flesh out the game a lot and give people something to do besides just you know the constant gear grind. They're, they're clearly trying to add some more you know MMORPG elements to the game where you have just more than just the gear grind. Definitely. And, and, uh, yeah, they added, um, this is not new, but they added something called the player hideout, which is like your instanced housing zone. And you can decorate it. And I've been to many people's hideouts. And, you know, the, everyone has the same blueprint, right? The empty room. Mm-hmm. But the way people have organized it is so different. And, and you know, you have to unlock those kind of, unlo- you know, you have to purchase those um, decorations in game. Like you, you can find them in game and stuff. And the, the things people There's do. There's player housing, right? right? Hmm? So there's player housing in Path of Exile. Yes, yes. It's instant, cool. though. It's not like part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Lot, almost, I mean, the whole, game, is, the whole game's instant, so obviously that's instant, yeah. too. Yeah. But I mean, so many MMORPGs have that, that kind of system as well. Very few games have persistent housing. Very few. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one more thing. Uh, people in chat have, have compared uh, Warframe to Path of Exile. And while the two games are similar, I think, in gameplay, I think Path of Exile is 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 less pay to win. 100%. Because, you, can still, you can pay to get... You know, you can pay to... You can, you can pay... To not have fun in Warframe is the way I seem to view it because, like, really the grind and and the process of getting items and the journey is what makes Warframe fun. 
if you just skip all that stuff, there's nothing else to do. Like you just spend a lot of money, and then, and, then, and then what do you do? Well, you know. Well, explain what what you what you can buy in Warframe to make that to, to pay to whatever you were saying. Basically, you can well. There, there's also uh, you can sell your items, the the rare items you get, the rare crafting materials you get in the game's uh, auction house. Other players, and you can sell it for in-game premium currency as well. So you can use premium currency basically to buy all the all the rare drops and materials and the crafting stuff you need to get the latest Warframes. So you can yeah. kind of pay to skip all the fun. Exactly. You can pay basically in Warframe. You can pay to unlock the uh, the new items or gear, right? Mm-hmm. I guess uh, the Warframe itself is like your is your robot outfit, and that's basically yeah. gear. I, I would say in a way, a class maybe you can call it. But yeah, you can yeah. pay for that shit in, in Warframe. In Path of Exile, you can't. Uh, there's you cannot pay to like level boost or get certain gear in in Path of Exile. The Warframe again is not particularly bad with pay to win. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Warframe does a really good job with it actually. Yeah, that's true. It's not bad. It's nowhere near as like uh, insulting as some of the stuff that NatVideo has been adding and some other games have been adding. In fact, I mean, we want to talk. You want to talk? Fine. We we, we saw we saw what uh, Black Desert Online is doing. We saw how good uh, Path of Exile system is and how good Warframe system is. There's other MRPG that just actually has having no pay to win controversy this week as well. There's been a lot of pay to win controversy this week, but this one I think is pretty pretty funny. Lineage Two, an oldie, uh, introduced a new item to their cash shop called the Circlets of Power, which are basically uh, circlets or helmets you can wear, which are uh, best in slot items. Which is a pretty uh, pretty lame thing to add a best in slot item to the game's cash shop, but they're not best in slot right away. They're only best in slot if you fully upgrade them, and you can only upgrade them with special scrolls from the cash shop. <laughs> and once you do, they're best in slot by far. They become mega OP then. So, and of course, the way the systems are designed, like one of the, the thing about free to play games, which is so, I think, so bizarre, and, and and just really, like, really does kind of attack the players like conscious and like just trying to trick them and, and manipulate them to spending money are these upgrade systems for gear because with this item you can upgrade it starts at plus zero you gotta get a plus five right and once it gets to plus five it, it levels up it's got three different tiers for it right and if you fail at leveling up if you're plus four and you want to get to plus five the odds are obviously a lot lower and if you fail it goes back to plus zero but once you get to plus five and it, and it upgrades to next tier you can only fall back down to that tier okay which is but however to go from plus zero to plus five with only cash shop scrolls every single time i imagine it's gonna cost hundreds if not thousands of dollars it just that that system i i absolutely hate it because maple story has it basically almost every free-to-play game has some kind of system the similar system even if it's with stuff in the game like um you can upgrade with in-game currency right usually you can buy something to cash shop to increase your odds or to guarantee it or to make it so if you fail it doesn't lower it right yeah. there are always cash shop ways to manipulate that the upgrading system I think the actual the upgrading system itself is not a problem. And I actually really like it because RO did it. You know, Ragnar Line did it. And I think in Maple Story, to get like that perfect gear, like a plus like eight upgrades or plus ten upgrades on your work glove, like to actually get every upgrade slot in is astronomically low. It's like a one in a million chance. Like if you ever see a player with like the maxed out like upgrades and he actually got every single one, like it, it's it's mind blowing luck and really cool. But the moment you introduce cash shop elements to that, and it's such an easy way for them to monetize, they like, plug in the monetization system into. It ruins it because I think standalone is great, but it just gets ruined by the cash shop and it, it makes it so pay to win and insane. Best in slot, though. I mean, if you want to sell gear, don't make it best in slot. I mean, I get that it's a free to play game and they got to make some money. And selling gear by itself is kind of taboo. But if you're going to sell gear, sell like maybe really good gear, but not best in slot. Best in slot is where you cross the line. I think this is a desperation hail mary. It's just like the, they know the game is sunk. It's so old now. It's. Yeah. I bet there are Lineage 2 private servers 
in the West that are bigger than the official server now, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that the NCSoft basically gave up on NCSoft on Lineage 2 because also Lineage 2 mobile is coming out now. Yeah. And I think it's going to have the same effect that Lineage M had on Lineage 1 where all the players migrated to mobile, right? Yeah, probably. So this is basically, they know that their goose is cooked. The game has run, run its life. It's going to be replaced soon by the mobile version. So they're going to milk it uh, as much as they can from whoever's left before they announce the mobile version. That's my guess. I like the image that was on the, the, the thread about this Lineage 2 change. <laughs> it's actually quite, quite, <laughs> quite great. But everyone's saying it's pay to win. Everyone's really upset about this. But I think you're right. The The fact that Lineage 2, the official Lineage 2 servers aren't popular. In fact, there are probably private servers for Lineage 2 that are more popular. <clears throat> and actually, this kind of goes back to last week's discussion. I think Lineage 2 would benefit a lot from, you know, remember our discussion last week about player-created content and maybe having a, like, you, launch, you download Lineage from the official website and it launches a server browser and you can see every private server there along with their official servers. Mm-hmm. For a game like Lineage 2, a game like Ragnarok Online, a game like Mu Online, where there are countless private servers, it would benefit so much because if you can get on the official platform from the beginning, it'd be good marketing for the private servers as well. So there's an incentive to be on there as well. And you would be legit. Like there would be no threat of legal action. No, because they do come after these servers once in a while if they get too big. It'd be, a, it'd be such a win-win because if NCSoft can get a small slice of the private server revenue, and let them do their own thing, and you can have multiple different servers, and players will have more options, they'll be happier. You play on maybe, maybe they might be a server with zero pay to win, minimal pay to win, that'd be a server with lots of pay to win, different custom content. It'd be such a win. I think whichever game does it first is gonna be, uh, it will be pretty successful with it because I think it makes a lot of sense. I think and Lineage 2 would be a great game for it. I think you're right about the idea, but I don't think Lineage 2 will be a good game for it. I think. Why? Lineage 2. Well, not anymore. They should have done it earlier. It's too late now. It's too late now because I think here, here's a chart of the uh, of NCSoft's games and their revenues, right? So Lineage 1 here uh, went from last year for 118,000 billion Korean won or whatever, right? But let, let, let's, let's yeah. just take the percentages here. So it went from 118,000 to 33,000 this year. It's not because Lineage stopped making money. It's because in this time frame, they released uh, Lineage M, which is just a the mobile version of Lineage 1. Mm-hmm. It's not a different game. It's just the same game, but on phone. Uh, so people migrated. And I think the same thing's going to happen to Lineage 2 when their Lineage 2M comes out. So from 15,000 here, we're going to go down to 5,000 max. Right? So mm-hmm. all those people are going to move to the phone version. So in the meantime, and I think NCSoft knows this. So they're just putting this out there just to milk the last drop out of everyone before this change happens. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they don't really care about pay to win. They're they're going full on, make as much money as possible before the mobile launch. I think NTSoft kind of realizes too they're not making a lot of money off uh, Lineage Two in the West anyway. Yeah, well, hopefully we don't see this kind of stuff in in their more popular Western games like Blade and Soul. Yeah, I, I, they're not even making that much money off Lineage Two globally at this point. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's one of their worst games. Yeah, again, this is it, it's so lame that this happens, but. It, it, Every MMORPG, every free-to-play MMORPG has this kind of bullshit in it, unfortunately. And rarely do you see it this bad, where it's literally best in the slot. Yeah. But it's always with the upgrading systems. It's always that bullshit. The only way to avoid it completely is to go uh, subscription-based. And WoW and Final Fantasy XIV and EVE Online are great examples of that. But as a, as a player of free-to-play games, too, I don't mind some degree of pay-to-win. I know some people are like, holy shit, you can't say that. You got to say, you know, you got to fucking... Be say no to all pay to win, but no. The reality is, you know, even when I played Maple Story back in like 2005, like old, old, old school Maple Story, they were always selling times two scrolls for XP and drop rates in the scroll in the in the, in the store and and costumes. That was always a thing. 
And I, obviously, double experience is a form of pay to win. It completely is. And even in Final Fantasy XIV, there is some, even, even if it's subscription, there are some levels of pay to win, 100%. Uh, and look at level boosting Final Fantasy XIV. If you can get a new class level 60 instantly by paying like 15 bucks, how is that not pay to win? Like, who can defend that? It, it is pay to win to a degree. You are paying to skip that line and start, you get gear as well, by the way. You get starting gear as level 60 character. I, I, I paid for a level 60 Astrologian just to skip that 1 to 60 grind. Oh, I wow. paid the 15 bucks. Yeah, and I got to level 70 now. So I have level 70 Astrologian, level 70 Black Mage. And, you know, it's 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 a form of pay to win that most people seem to be okay with. You know, you have to kind of gauge your player base, see what you what you can do and what people are okay with. And with subscription games, the amount of pay to win in the game is going to be very little, if any. You know, very little. I, and, I don't yeah. like the level boost. And here's why. I think it encourages companies to keep content they know is awful and, and like time wasty, right? It encourages yeah. them to keep it there because they can monetize it. They're going to keep it, it there anyway. They're no, keep no, it there. I don't know about that because remember, World of Warcraft did a huge – even – even uh, let's do MapleStory because I think more people here probably play MapleStory. MapleStory was a big bang, right? I know people hate mm-hmm. it, well, yada, yada. But one thing they did is change the world around, right? Yeah. To kind of streamline it because of, at the faster experience rate, you know, you, you could – you would go through those zones too quick, right? So they, they kind of changed the world around because the experience was too fast now, right? And WoW did this too with the whole cataclysm thing. So I think if it wasn't for level boosts, instant level boosts, companies would be encouraged to change the world around, stream, cut stuff, uh, and make it so like you can get from one to max level quickly, but you can still go through the old content, right? A condensed version Actually, MapleStory probably did that better than other games. Because you are right to a degree. Because MapleStory, what they did was they made the basically level 1 to 150 experience super fast. Like, mm-hmm. before it would take forever, right? And they basically condensed that all to, like, one day of grind. Yep. Literally, on a burning day, you can get that in one day of grind. One day of, you know, eight hours playing MapleStory grind that you can get it. And now the, the old grind is still kind of there from, like, uh, from like 150 to, like, 200 plus. Like, that grind, an extreme, you know, amount of grind you got to put it to level up to 250 is there. It just, it just, they moved it so you could skip all the bullshit early on. So MapleStory did kind of get away with it, but I don't think any other game really, you know, fixed that system. Because even like World of Warcraft and Dark Age of Camelot, they've made the early game faster. But you, you know, so, the but, level boosts are still there. But so imagine, imagine if uh, MapleStory did what Final Fantasy is doing instead, where yeah. instead you of sell one fifty characters, exactly, you can just you can just pay twenty bucks for one fifty character, or you can waste like all this time, not having fun. And just kind of grinding for no reason. Uh, I, so I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they encourages people, uh, they encourage developers to keep that old, outdated content in place, but by selling. I'm curious how, how do other people? Maybe we should maybe we should make this a weekly ram. I'm curious how people feel about paying for or like when, even when you buy the latest WoW expansion, you get a free level boost, right? Like level 100. Yeah. Like every game is doing this now. Yeah. Whether it's WoW, Final Fantasy 14, like so many, you know, uh, Guild Wars 2. A lot of games are giving away these level boosts. I mean, where do people? Clearly, they must have pulled. People seem to be okay with this. And I'm curious, like, the people that are very fundamentally anti-pay-to-win, I mean, people that complain about any little thing on pay-to-win, I, I rarely hear anybody complain about level boosts being pay-to-win, even though even though in my eyes it's very clearly they are, but a less offensive way, it seems. Obviously, depending on how they do it, if they get to max level, it's different. But if you go into, like, you know, I don't like not, it. not max level, it's fine. I, I don't like it. I don't mind. And, and you know, everyone is okay with some degree of pay-to-win. And I, I'm, that, that, that seems to be okay in my eyes. If you can... Just pay to get to level level, level sixteen in FF fourteen. To me, it's like saying this: we know ninety percent of our game is so garbage, okay, and so mm-hmm. awful that you will pay for the privilege of not experiencing it. 
Uh, yeah, but uh, Rage Gamer makes a good point, though. He thinks it's fucking garbage and worse pay when bullshit. It's much worse than paying 20% drop rate boost. What the fuck? Uh, but the difference here is, of course, you, you can you can grind to 60 on your own. Like, There's no way to get that boost without paying for it. Maybe that's why people are okay with it. But I'm just surprised more people are in outrage. And I, I read the FF14 forums, I read the Reddit, and I read it on... I just don't see the outrage in games like WoW, FF14, and Guild Wars 2 with, with stuff like level boosts. Whereas I see all the outrage for all the free-to-play games every time they add something that's even remotely pay-to-win. And usually they, they do go overboard, so the outrage is usually deserved. Uh, I mean, if, if, the, if the developer doesn't respect their own content, right... They don't. What, most WoW doesn't do it now. No, nobody respects their own content. Then Who, you know, like so. Then why Guild should Wars I? Doing it. Yeah, I know. I know. Guild Wars Two isn't doing it. WoW is not doing it. Final Fantasy Fourteen is not doing it. So it's I don't know. I mean, you could you could still have fun doing that early content, you know, if you want. But maybe maybe know, maybe Western companies need develop uh, Western MMORPGs need to do what the Chinese have been doing, where they mm-hmm. release like a big update and they call it game name two, even though it's the same game, just like revamped. Yeah. So imagine there was this WoW Two. And it just started. At lo- you start level one at the new expansion. That's that's the world, you know. And they can keep adding to it after that now. I don't... Like, all this legacy stuff, they clearly think it's worthless because they kind of make you... They, you get a free skip, right? When you buy the expansion. Yeah. So clearly, yes. even they think it's pointless and useless. And in fact, it's worth the pay to get out of it, you know? like So so why is it even there? <laughs> they should just uh, cut it. Yeah, Moist Eggwell makes a good point. They should have it, uh, when, at least if you get one character max level, then your second character, you have the option of the level boosting. I think right now there's no, that requirement isn't there in most games that do it. Actually. And leveling is just a chore. That's mm. a good point. And you know what game did an interesting feature many years ago with that? Dark Age of Camelot. Even when mm. we played, there was a feature where if you have a max level character, any alt you make, you can instantly type like slash level and you yeah. start at level 20. You insta level to 20. So That's you get, actually a good system. You, you, you don't have to pay for that either. Yeah, it was free. For everyone. It's awesome, actually. Really smart idea. That was a really smart idea. Because you still have to level, right, from 20x. But at least you don't have to do that beginning nonsense a thousand times. You know? Because right at 20 is when you have a decent number of skills open to you, right? Like, Because mm-hmm. before 20, no matter if you were a wizard, a, a warrior, you basically did the same shit, you know? But after 20, it kind of opened up. And I do want to say to a degree, it is a cash grab. Because especially in the Final Fantasy XIV's case, there is... Especially in XIV's case. And why it's a cash grab in XIV's case is pretty obvious to me. Because let's say you're new to Final Fantasy XIV and you want to raid with your friends, right? You can buy a level 60 boost, right? It doesn't do shit by itself. You got to buy the story skip. It's a separate item. <laughs> which, is, which is So if you skip the story, you, you, if you get the max, if you, if you start at level 60, you still have to do the bullshit level 1 story unless you buy the, the story skip. And they're such assholes with it too. It's priced, I think, differently for you want to skip just a rumor board or you want to skip... Uh, no. The, you, you want to skip the second expansion or, or the whole package. Like, does, does this guy have to skip both stories? Oh my to God. me, that makes it a cash grab. Because if they just made a level, if you pay for the boost and it includes it, at least you can, you might look at it in a different angle saying you want to skip the bullshit, right? But when you look at it with the, the angle they have right now where they, they separate the purchase between level boost, a Realm Reborn story skip, and um, Heaven's War story skip, and they have like separate purchases and, and discount for combined, it's, it's a cash grab then to a degree for sure. It's like our story, our game is so bad, okay, that you must give, how, how much do you have to pay for the, for the level skip and the two Story skip. Let me look it up. Okay. Uh, I know it's like 50 bucks a level skip. Uh, Somebody said 25 bucks each, if I remember correctly. Okay, let's say it's like that. So you got to pay at least like, what, 50, 60, 70 dollars to skip all this shit. Mm-hmm. So they're basically saying our content is actually so bad it's negative value. Okay, because you got to pay to not play our game. <laughs> yeah, pay to. So uh, 
I can't get it. I'm sorry. You know what they should do? They should just make Final Fantasy 16 a MMORPG and just start fresh with all the current tech. I don't see the point of forcing new players to pay an arm and a leg to skip the game. It doesn't make any sense. It, yeah, I don't know. And what makes it especially uh, worse is the fact that their own producer, uh, Yoshi P, he said that like we understand that the early game sucks. He basically said that, right? <laughs> he admitted his early game sucks, and now he's like, I'm gonna charge your money to get past this. Again, this is coming from someone that loves Final Fantasy XIV. I think it's a great game. I, I I've played it for like I think my slash plays like 50 days now, or so, like 40 something days. I, mean, I was playing it just for this just before this podcast as well. I'm gonna play it just after this podcast as well too. So I, I like the game a lot, but I do realize that the, it, it does some things which are clearly cash grabs, and I'm still just surprised that people are okay. People just you know. They take it, and they, there's so much more resistance when Black Desert Online, so much more outrage when Black Desert Online adds this 20% thing to the game than we see in WoW, Guild Wars, or 14. And it seems like people are okay with, for the most part, people are okay with this kind of, you know, this kind of cash purchase. And Canaris in chat made an interesting point. So who's being forced? Mm-hmm. Is there a gun to their head? So yes, you could ultimately experience this content, and I'm sure there yeah. are some people who will enjoy it. But the fact that they're they are selling it, and I, I suspect if you bought if you bought it, Omar, and you I bought it, yeah, we're both notoriously cheap when it comes to these games. Oh, I am one of the cheapest. Pe- any of my people, any of the guys in the Mosecom Discord will know. I almost never spend money on free to play games or any other game where I, I don't spend money that I don't have to spend. So yeah, and I and I spent it, yeah. So if you spent it, presumably it's a big market for them, right? A big cash oh, cow. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that would be like, so it's obviously their strategy it's, to some extent. Yeah. Because it's a big, it's a big point. It'd be like this: you go to the movie theater to see the new Star Wars movie. It's like ten bucks a ticket to see Star Wars. But there's a, but there's a, there's a second offer. You can start, you can go to theater B, which starts in the middle of the movie. <laughs> but that, but, but that costs twenty bucks. So you pay double, see, see the same movie, but you start in the second half. You skip the first half of the movie. Yeah. Nobody would do that. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> that wouldn't be a model. <laughs> RG Taff says, I think the difference is that pro players aren't getting advantage from that level boost. And yeah, that is correct. I think anyone that's you know. You're not getting something you can't get outside the game. But if you apply that logic to the extreme, why not just sell, why not just sell literally the best drops in the game, like the highest tier drops in the game? Like uh, the current best stuff is the, uh, the level 370 gear, and the level 375 weapon is, the, is is best in slot for the game by far. You, you you know you can get all that in the game. So the same argument can be made about you know you, you know it's in the game. Anyone else can earn it anyway. But I, I don't think you can't just say that then because it kind of dismisses it. And I, I think anyone would agree that selling best slot equipment is 100% pay to win. But if that's pay to win, why not this? Because you're getting close to that content as well. You know, anyone anyone can, can grind to level 60 on their own. It just takes a lot of time. Just like anyone can defeat the hardest raid boss in the game. It just takes a lot of time and luck. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is this is uh. This yeah, is, it's it's weird. I don't like it. I'm, I'm, I forgot the oh yeah it's twenty five bucks I think to skip uh, everything twenty five oh total so not each okay I, yeah it's I'm looking at one thing at least Taylor Adventure it, it, they they price it very weird it's not it's not super uh super obvious here I'm not sure that but yeah it's 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 weird barriers to entry boys pay to win boys a never ending discussion. I had a totally unrelated... Back to back to Pathways Out for a second. This is a fun story. I think it's back. It's a very fun story. Okay, so like I said, the new league is called the Bestiary League, right? So this is a YouTube mm-hmm. trailer on the official Path of Exile channel, right? Mm-hmm. Let me scroll down so you can see it. So, okay. Oh, it's fixed now. Damn it. Okay, so yesterday when I first found this, right? Uh, YouTube has an algorithm now that kind of auto-detects what game 
is in the trailer, right? So where it says Path of Exile now, when it when you first put the trailer up, it was tagged as League of Legends. <laughs> I wish I take a screenshot because I didn't think they would actually update it. But it's because of the name, Bestiary League. So they saw a League official trailer and they just tagged it as League of Legends. That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Now, we, we can take some of a fun rabbit hole because I know before the podcast we were talking about a pretty interesting topic about how an MMO world will look under under liberal or Republican or right-wing policies. And I, I, I just, I, I think it's a very fascinating idea because I, for MMORPGs, I think are the pinnacle of like inequality and almost like they are the pinnacle of like this uh non-regulation free market forces run completely un- unchecked and that's the reason i think there's so much inequality in mrpgs because i've been playing 14 as well a lot of my friends in the game are pretty broke right I-, I have a lot of money in the game so i help my buddies out all the time because i have nothing to spend my money on but so many people are so broke in that game and then there are other people that post on the the ff14 reddit and they have like over a billion gil which is an insane amount of money. Like, I wish there was a, how much? What is the average person's gil or the average person's gold in World of Warcraft? It must be like terribly low. Like, I'm curious if you can model the inequality in World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy 14 and compare it to like inequality in the, in the, in the United States. Because the U.S. obviously known to be very you know wealth and inequality here too, and income, income inequality. Like, I feel like that would align very well. I think it'd be more extreme in games. Than in real Even, life. Yeah, that's true. Because in, in at least at least you know in our lives there is some form of like redistribution, yeah, taxes, through, you know, payroll taxes, and, and death. Yes. Don't forget death. If you die, you go to zero. You know. <laughs> so in these games, presumably you can play for many years and your character never dies and starts over. Um, yeah. So the inequality is a big issue in gaming, but I think the bigger issue with a uh, bit the better um, possibility in the future is using MMORPGs to kind of model different political systems. So, and, so, and like economic systems. So can you imagine like uh, a game like Final Fantasy fourteen or WoW, mm-hmm. two private servers side by side, identical. They launch the same day, but with different mm-hmm. rule sets. And the rule sets are like you know governments, you know like the rules. And how would those worlds evolve? And which one, which one would lead to more guilt equality or you know gold equality and more happiness overall? Maybe yeah. I mean, we can some, if you can somehow measure that. So yeah, so, how, how would it be different? So in, in the pregame, we were, we were discussing something along the lines of uh, imagine in one world, right? The the capitalist. You know, uh, free. You know, everyone is free to do what they want. World. If you, it's it's a full loot, full PVP game, right? Where if you die mm-hmm. outside town, you drop everything. You know, and you spawn back in base in, in town. Uh, versus uh, the more socialist world, where every time you kill a monster, you only get half the gold. The other half goes to the goes to the government, right? Of, of that mm-hmm. world. But when you die, you spawn back in base with basic gear. Like you're ready to go with the sword. You got some decent armor. You know, you you. You might even have an insurance system where you start with all your gear, but obviously then mm-hmm. you get to pay more, like like eighty percent of your gold of the monsters you kill. So which which world would uh which one would be better or worse? People could try different ones. You could you could tweak the parameters to see what changes. So I think the funny thing yeah. is I'm confident people would prefer the one where there's more safety nets because we've seen so many full loot and more RPGs and like these sound great on paper, but like people don't play them. You know, people want the the more Care Bear experience, the more cuddled experience and. So that would actually work better on an MRPG, I think. But but even among the coddled, there's many different yeah. ways we can do it. Like, That's true. That's like, true. Like I think I mean even even like diehard Republicans would agree we need cops to stop people from killing each other, right? Yeah. But what they would disagree is uh, the amount of taxation and what happens to mm-hmm. people with nothing. So like I said, like imagine you die to an orc outside town, not a player. Mm-hmm. Now in in one version, you'd spawn back in town with nothing, whereas yeah. in the other, you would the 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 town guards would give you basic equipment. 
and you know you pay for that with your taxes through killing monsters so that's my uh <laughs> that'd be really cool actually if someone can run an experiment like that like modeling different social systems through our virtual worlds and kind of measuring player uh behavior on that that'd be that'd be pretty intense yeah maybe in the future you know, when we have the technology for it uh yeah I'll, we'll see Remind with simulations would be ideal or something it'd be pretty neat one day one day one day boys uh next up we should mention that bless is probably gonna be happening sooner rather than later they the steam release date showed up as june 30th so uh the game should be launching sometime by june because they did say they want to release the game in 2018 and that if they were and they would have a six month early access period which will be uh no wipe early access so it's basically an open beta but I'm, do we know for sure if the game is gonna be free to play because i feel like they might have been teasing no no they buy actually, to play mode. yeah exactly they said buy to play and i think it's supposed to happen early access Early access is going to cost money. For at least six months, they said they're going to do early access. And at the end of that, they might go free-to-play. They might. So they're not even committing to free-to-play. They said they might. No, they're, they're not committing. I think they're going to copy the Black Desert. Yeah, I, I think the, that model is still the best in terms of making money. It's frustrating as a player, but I think for the business, it's the best model. Because you basically get everyone that wants to pay and is willing to pay. You take all their money, and then everyone who's not willing to pay, you can get all of them on board afterwards, like six months. Yeah, exactly. And... and Obviously, Black Desert is doing well here, despite the fact that the cash shop, especially now, is literally the same cash shop as Korea, and yeah. it, and it costs ten bucks to get in. So I think that's exactly what they're gonna do with Bless. Uh, ben Simon said, "Get Bernie Sanders on the podcast. He can talk to us about uh, liberal policies on MMORPGs." <laughs> All right, we'll throw an invite for him. Right, Bernie, you're out there. Are you listening to us? You're invited to the MMOs.com podcast. <laughs> and I think we've touched on this last uh, many many uh, podcasts ago. But I think ultimately, while uh, human welfare should be all of our priority, right? We want to make sure everyone is okay, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Financial equality is never going to happen. And games are a good test of that. Like Omar was saying, he's, he always has lots of money in Final Fantasy XIV, while people, other people are broke all the time. And this mm-hmm. is a world where you can't get sick, you can't die, uh, you, never, you don't need housing, shelter, food, water, right? It's literally a perfectly equal society. Like you, you, you're not born with privilege. You know, you start the game with fucking level one with nothing. You know, everyone starts the game the same way. You're all immortal. So, yeah. Like, there's no like help. You're all immortal. Well. Yeah. So that's actually interesting because I know a lot of people say like, you know, a lot of rich people in the world just were born with better IQ, with better parents, well, with I, better opportunities. Well, IQ still matters because IQ, yeah, follow us too. But like, you're not born with better parents in, in, in WoW or Final Fantasy 14. You know, yeah. everyone is born with the same opportunity yeah. in 14. It's what you make out of that. Yeah. So even in a perfect world where you, you extract all that bullshit, like you were saying, it's always unequal. unequal. Yeah. Whether it was Ultima Online, whether it was World of Warcraft, whether it was Final Fantasy 14, every online game I've seen always leads to, you know, unequal outcomes massive inequality more than the real world like uh much more yeah so i think it's just a, it's just a nature of humanity and yeah i think i ultimately i think it's iq that comes down or like your your interest in money some it people can't be iq you, you, you can just measure wealth by iq like there must be a study on that oh i i i, I would put everything i had that there was a st- almost one-to-one positive correlation with iq and yes yeah but yeah yes but it doesn't guarantee that outcome either you can be a really smart guy and not be rich yeah, 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 and as, if it would, but overall, yeah, it would follow that. But I'm saying, if, sure. if you could, like we said, in MMORPG, if you could remove those other features, like getting hit by a truck while crossing the street, yeah, no matter what your IQ is, you're dead, right? If you, you yeah. might get polio and die, no matter what your IQ is, right? But if you can mm-hmm. remove all those hazards, if we were immortal shells like we are in MMORPG, I think mm-hmm. IQ would would trace wealth almost one to one. Interesting. Yeah, there you go. Anything else? Uh, uh, all right, I got a story. I got a, I got a good story. Right, this is a, this is right. a, I like good stories. It's a good story. But 
It might end up bad. We'll see. <laughs> okay, U.S. Copyright Office is considering uh, abandoned online games exemption. So, according to the current U.S. copyright law, there's already an exemption for museums, libraries, and other archive you know, archive institutions, nonprofits, to legally run emulators. So, if you go to like a video game museum today, um, they have them in California and such. You can play like Super Mario Bros. on an emulator, right? And it's perfectly legal. They don't get, you can't get in trouble for that. Um, that already exists for single player games. But now, uh, the MAID, which is the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment, along with others, have lobbied the U.S. Copyright Office to increase that exemption to include online games, MMORPG Ooh. specifically. So what they want to do is be able to host games that got shut down, like Star Wars Galaxies or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. To host their own servers for these games uh, for museum slash archive purposes. And they would allow people to, to log in and play online. But again, nonprofit. Uh, and the U.S. Copyright Office is considering it. Apparently, every three years, they have this kind of review process on what is allowed, what is exempt from copyright. So the U.S. Uh, Post Office, uh, Copyright Office is going to review this. But as you might not be surprised, the Entertainment Software Association, which is the umbrella group that represents you know, EA, Nintendo, Ubisoft, all the big gaming companies, is against this. They say, no, the server technology that would be used for this was never supposed to be public we don't want it to be public uh basically we don't want you to run emulator servers for mm-hmm. mrpgs even though here's the funny part it's already happening but now it's happening by for-profit private servers there's this myth out there that uh private servers are always um just run by fans right which they are run by fans but they're not you know profit law lo- you know they're not like money losing enterprises a lot of private servers make a lot of money and they had their Crazy own crazy ca- money, and they have their own cash shops. You know, there's money coming into these. We're talking like small private servers with like 500 players online can make upwards of like five thousand dollars a month. That's insane. Like we're talking real money. We're not talking like we're not talking lunch money here. We're not talking milk money. We're talking you know five thousand, ten thousand bucks a month for like servers with 500 to a thousand players online. And if your server is like ten thousand players online, forget they're making they make hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. There are private servers out there for wow, I bet they make over fifty grand a month. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, RO servers also we, we have experience with that there's, a, there's a RO servers out there at least when we were younger that made a lot of money I'm sure there's still a lot of big ones out yeah. there so mm-hmm. it's already happening so I think I hope the US post office or I don't know I don't know why I keep saying post office the US copyright office I hope they uh, do allow this exemption and they do allow museums to host mm-hmm. private servers for these online games so that we can all go back and play them in a setting that we know is is non-profit you know what I'm saying like if you want to just look at what this game used to be, you could go to a museum's private server rather than downloading some sp- Chinese spyware and playing on some Russian kid's private server where he's gonna, you know, sell you shit all day and like, you know, steal yeah. steal your uh, bandwidth. I don't know, whatever. So this is a really and you're just try the game and like maybe like you maybe be at the museum to play it or something. Can you play it at home? Like you play on this private server from home, a museum's private server? Probably not. I think that what they want to do is when you're at the museum, like you want to see the game in action, maybe. Well, actually, I, th- I think they would go above that. They- I think you would have to register with the museum, go there in person or something, mm. and then you can log in at home. But but mm. but there would be a clause that there's no money able to be made here, and it would only for like shutdown games. Yeah, I see. This seems like a, a win-win. I feel like the game the game companies themselves would win like good PR over this. It seems like I understand why they they don't want to do it because they don't want to get their code out there. They they always like instantly oppose this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo yeah. Nintendo's against it too, but I feel like Nintendo is. Uh, I, 
I have very low respect to Nintendo's digital like policy because they they DMCA basically every video on YouTube. Yeah, there's like Mario in it and stuff. It, it's insane what Nintendo does on YouTube. Fun fact, guys. One of our earlier podcasts, one of our first few podcasts, when Nintendo, when when Pokemon Go first came out, mm-hmm. we showed a, a trailer of Pokemon Go on on the podcast here. And what we did is we basically played a YouTube video of their official trailer, and we got we that got shut down by Nintendo. Those assholes. Uh, that's oh. all. That's all I had. <laughs> Goddamn Nintendo. Well, anything else? Or are we uh, in the post game? Uh, I think it's time for the post game, boys. All right. Thanks for joining us for YouTube, guys. A lot of pay to win controversy this week, and uh, I suspect we're going to be hearing a lot more pay to win stuff from BDO unless they go free to play. If they go free to play, there'll still be some pay to win stuff, but I think more people will be okay with it. Yeah, I think so too, and I think I think they're uh, long due to go free to play, and I hope they do. I think so as well. Yeah. Yep. All right. Take care, YouTube. Right. Later for YouTube.